0: Greetings and welcome to TanakhStudy.com, the podcast program in which we study one chapter of Tanakh in each podcast. My name is Itzchak Yitzhak Ket Shalom, we're studying Sefer Iyov together and we're about to see Sofar's response to Eov. This will be towards the end of the second round of dialogues. We have a general question coming up uh, that we'll deal with in this parak about the description of the life of the Rasha, which is most of... So far as, um, diatribe here. And that is whether he's aiming this at Eov and describing what he's seeing in Eov as saying these are the signs of Rasha and calling Eov that, which is the way that some commentators take it. Or perhaps he's responding to Eov's complaint that Rashaim succeed and saying that indeed that isn't the case. There is much more than meets the eye. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, as an opening, uh, every one of these ma'anot uh, uh, have, uh, have an opening pasuk or two. My thoughts. That's a word that we saw last in Perak and Eliphaz's words. My thoughts push me to respond. And because of my senses in me, meaning I'm pushed to respond, I can't sit silently and listen to what you have to say. I hear my own uh, uh, rebuke, and my own spirit answers me from my understanding. Now, this next line, which is really the beginning of the content of sofar's uh, of words, sounds like he's addressing it to Iov, but in a sense, it's actually to himself. ad. Now, the chataf patach under hei he indicates that this is a he hashe'ilab, rhetorical hey, which would mean, have you known this since ever? But the way it should be read here really is, haven't Haven't you known this since ever? And he's talking to himself, meaning this is something that I've known ever since. Minisim adam alearetz, from the time that man has been placed on the earth. And what he's saying is, what I'm going to tell you is eternal truth that we all know. And what is that? The song of the Rishayim is recent. What does that mean? It means that only recently do they, do they sing. Meaning that they have a, a short-lived pleasure. Because the second half of the Pasuk takes us to the other end. The rejoicing of the evil one is for a moment. In other words, you, you see them right now celebrating That's something that just happened recently, and it's not going to last very long. Which is why I think that what Tzafar is responding to is Eob's complaint that the Rishayim are being successful. And Tzafar perhaps is suggesting that we have to take the long view, and from the perspective of eternity, their rejoicing is very short indeed. If his pinnacle reaches up to heaven... And this is an image taken from Yeshayahu Yudalit and other places where a person feels like they are as high as God. Vroshola la'av and that his head reaches the clouds. Nonetheless, Kigelalo la'netzach yoved, Like his feces, he will be lost forever. The destruction of feces is a, is a model used in Tanakh of absolute obliteration so he himself would be obliterated like that Roav the people who saw him are going to say where is he in other words he's going to disappear he is this flash of, uh, of, of fame and flash of success and power and then it's gone he will fly away like a dream and they won't be able to find him and he'll move like a, a night vision in other words, almost like a nightmare, or like a dream, but gone. Ayin shazafatu v'lo tosif. An eye has seen him, has uncovered him, uh, but not, no longer. V'lo to sharonu mekomo. Even his place won't see him, or else nobody will see his place. Two ways to read that. But the point of this whole series of sukim is that the Rasha is, looks to be successful, looks to be happy and, as we heard earlier in the other manot, is plague, plagued with paranoia, but here it so far takes a different point, which is that all of that success and rejoicing and everything else is but momentary. And we go further. Banav iratsudalim. His own sons are going to have to appease the poor. And the assumption here is, it's the poor that their father abused and, and uh, gouged to make his own fortune, and now his sons are going to have to find a way to pay them back and to appease them and gain their their uh, forgiveness. V'yadav tashev ono, and his own hands are going to return his strength, meaning his strength and his wealth. He's going to himself, not just his kids, he himself will end up having to return his wealth to the ones from whom he took it. Atzmotav mal'u al'umav, his bones which were filled with youthful spirit... And then they lie with him when he lies down on the dirt. In other words, that same energy, and this is a a trope that goes as a a subtext, insofar as words, that that same strength, that same excitement, that same happiness, which drove the Rasha in his success tromping over the poor, is now going to settle with him as he becomes lowly and has to beg their forgiveness and ultimately lies down to die. Imtam take tik and there's an interesting piece about the Rashan. There's two ways to read this at least. If there's sweetness that is uh, that, that that evil which is in his mouth is sweet, in other words he's taken something which is delectable, but it's in his mouth. Yahidana He will hide it under his tongue. And one of the notions here is that he takes something but doesn't want to share it. So in other words, he can't really enjoy it because he can't publicize it. The other thing is that he's taken something, on the other hand, he can't let anybody know about it because he took it wrongly, and he's also embarrassed about it, and therefore he keeps it to himself. In any case, he's going to have compassion on it and not abandon it. In other words, he wants to keep it in his mouth. He doesn't want to share it. And he's going to keep it in his palate. The other thing is, he also doesn't want to swallow it because then he knows it will be gone. He wants to relish it. But guess what? Lachmoh nepach. His food inside of his stomach turns. Turns into what? Mirorat ptanim Bikirbo. It turns into the bitterness of snakes. In other words, poison. All that sweet stuff that he stole turns into poison inside of himself. This takes the paranoia that was described in earlier Ma'anot of Eliphaz and Bildad and turns it into something very actual and poisonous inside the Rasha which Eov is looking at and seeing him successful and happy, and indeed what's happening inside of him is eating him up. Chay bala <laughs> He has swallowed a fortune, but he ends up vomiting it out. Now, the notion here is he's got this poison in him, so it's vomiting it out. no el. God dispossesses him from his own stomach by forcing him to vomit it out. He loses his fortune. Rosh ptanim yinak. He he sucks the head of snakes. Meaning what he what he's eating here is like poison, snake poison. Rosh ptanim. So mashal we see in uh, in hazina. Rosh ptanim akzar. The so it's it's an, uh, a a way of saying snake venom. Targeu l'shon He'll be killed by the tongue of the snake. Saf is another kind of a, of a snake, a poisonous snake. And again, the, the notion is that he's eating this, own, this poison. Al yei flagot, naharei, nachalei, Plagot is a word in Tanakh. Here we would really expect palgay, But because of the place in the Pasukah becomes plagot, is these are all kinds of streams. Up until now we've been talking about taking sweet things and bread. And now we're going to talk about the beautiful fruit of t'vash v'chema, which always in Tanakh is described is, is a description of of beautiful, nutritious, sweet things that are proper. So he will never see the plagot, the, the streams, nahare, the rivers, Nahale, the ravines that are filled with t'vash v'chema, honey and milk. Meshiv He's gonna end up having to return Yaga, the, the stuff he's worked for, he won't be able to swallow it. He'll have to return it. Kechel v'lo meaning the hard work which is his payment, v'lo <speaking in Hebrew> He won't be able to rejoice. He won't be able to enjoy all the stuff he's worked for, which he worked for sinfully, and he, he worked for hurting others. Ki <speaking> azav <in Hebrew> Now, azav here, the suggestion is that it's not azav in the sense of abandoned, but rather... As Ma'aziva, like a roof. He has destroyed the roof of the poor, and the, and the reason for reading Azad that way is the parallelism by it, Gazal Veloiv Nehu. He's stolen a house, but he can't build it, meaning he stole property, but he'll never be successful in building that house. And God's going to dispossess him of it. So there's both an internal revulsion that he has, where he can't hold on to these ill-gotten gains, and also God's punishment, which dovetails together. So Eov, when you're sitting watching the Rashab be successful, you're not seeing the whole story. Kiloya no He knows no serenity in his stomach inside of him. lo Nothing even escapes this. Sarid there's nothing no no remnant of what he's eaten. Meaning there's not even a little bit that he enjoys. Loya And he has nothing to anticipate in in uh, in goodness. When he wants to fill up his amount, his safek, his sapak, his full amount, then it becomes too small for him. Everybody who wants to, to, uh, to, to hurt comes after him. When he wants to fill his stomach, then he, and we know who he is, Sends his anger against him. Now, God here, who is unmentioned in the Pasuk, which actually raises the fear level, comes after him with his anger. And here is God's direct intervention. And there's a beautiful play on words here. He makes it rain on him, meaning with his weapons of war. But the play is, of course, because he's eating. So he'll run away, from, from iron weapons, he's running away from the sword. What'll happen? A, a bronze, um, uh, shield will, now, can be read two ways. One way is, it will be swapped, meaning, the sword will be swapped for the arrow. He'll be attacked by the sword. He'll run away, and then the arrow'll catch him. Or tachlifeyo, meaning chalfa machatzaro, show that his head will be—he will be hurt. He'll be split in half, and killed by the by the keshet nechusha. Shalav migeva uvarak mimurato yahalech alavimim. Now these words alavimim help to inform the last few psukim because up until now we're talking about internal confusion, internal. Um, uh, conflict in which his insides don't allow him to enjoy anything. And then suddenly we've gone to an outside enemy who's attacking him, which is God or God's agent. So, the last couple words here will help us put this all together. Shalaf v'yitzemi geva uvarak mirato haloch that the sword is drawn, shalaf, unmentioned, but the sword is drawn, and it comes through his body. And Barak, it's like the the shot of the of the literally a lightning, comes mimrorato from his bile, and goes through alavimim. This fear is on him. Meaning, this is what he's afraid of. This whole piece of the of the sword and the and the and the archer is all just what he's afraid of. It goes back to the paranoia that we heard about. And here we can see it explicitly: kochoshech tamun litspunav to eish that darkness is waiting that Tzpunav could be for his future that's unseen or could it be for his children for those who are yet to come To he will be devoured by a fire which was not subject to the bellows a fire that's affected by the bellows is a fire that has warmth and is used for cooking or is used for forging and also could be dangerous but a fire that just starts on its own is only a bad thing and that's what's going to devour him Yeh ras sarid beohalo and whoever is left in his tent will be hurt now one could argue that this is reflecting back on Eov's life but if you think about it it actually works the opposite is that Eov is the one who remained and his children were the ones who were killed so I don't think that this really is speaking to Eov as much as it is responding to Eov about his picture of the Rasha as being comfortable and that that's part of his claim against God Yigalu shamayim the heavens themselves will reveal his sin. The eretz Komalo malo, and the land is going to stand up against him. Yigal yevul beto, the produce in his own house will reveal what he's about. Nigarot biyom nigarot, a passage we see in uh, for the beginning of uh, Nahum, for instance, a a uh, water slowing, sloughing downhill, will reveal things on the day of God's anger see this flood attacking him. This is what happens to the Rasha, and indeed, uh, Safar concludes, (laughs) This is the portionment that God has given to the Rasha. And this is what God has decreed, is the legacy of the Rasha. This is how the Rasha is going to end up. And again, there is a, a dispute among commentators here about whether to read the Rasha here as being Eov and so far as speaking to him and saying this is why you're suffering like this because this is what the Rasha goes through and pinning Eov as the Rasha which of course is is the argument in favor of that is that Eov continues to plead his innocence Uh, on the other hand none of this seems to really describe what Eov has gone through and some of it's the opposite and remember that part of what Eob's complaint is, is that the Rishayim are successful in this world, and that's part of the claim against God's justice, or that God is being unjust, and that this is describing that what looks to be their success is really not their success. I personally favor the second approach. We'll pick it up with Eob's response to conclude this second round of dialogues in Perak Chaf Aleph uh, in the next podcast. I mean, time to have a wonderful day.